Hello, everyone, and welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays. I'm one of your hosts, one of your co-hosts, Dylan, and I'm joined with... Kelsey. That's right. Um, Kelsey, I was trying to think of something that rhymes with your name to, like, say. Kelsey, like, kind of like Dylan, the villain, is chilling. He's killing. Like, I have a lot. Wow, you have a lot. For you. Well, yeah, I didn't just pull that off the top of my brain. I've had that festering in my mind forever. Sure, Um, gotcha. Kelsey... I guess like Elsie, but that's like a girl's name, like Elsie. Like Elsie Fisher. Yeah, eighth grade. We saw that together. Full Bo- circle. Bo Burnham. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, we did see that together. Who, this is not Marvel news, but I found out that the house he used for Inside is the same house that he filmed Nightmare on Elm Street in. Like that is the house on Elm Street. Um, it's not actually Elm Street in real life, but that's like the house with the bathtub scene and you know all that. Wow, so, crazy, and that's it makes cool. it even spookier. Yeah, <laughs> inside's not scary, but it's deep. It's like yeah, a little freaky. Deep and like so. intellectual makes you really <laughs> think about yourself. Yeah, do you like Inside? Yeah, love it. Okay, yeah, okay. Can't okay, stop listening to the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's really well done. It, it, it's definitely the least funny to me. I think of his stuff, but like. Sure. I think that that's not what he's going for. You know, it's a much darker humor. You know what I mean? Yeah. A much blacker comedy, if you will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> throwing us back to last episode again, yeah. where we yep. learned that term. Um, but Kelsey, why are we here today? What are we talking about today? Oh, we are d- back at it again with a- another Avengers movie club. Our Avenger right. for this week is Brie Larson. There she is, right on the bottom there. I always <laughs> point the wrong direction. There we go. Yeah, the our mirroring. cameras always flip. Um, that's why you audio listeners are lucky. You don't need to see me throw fingers in random places. That sounded bad. Um, anyway, <laughs> Kelsey, before we get to Brie Larson talking about her movies, uh, as we do, um, why don't we talk about some news, Kelsey? What news did you have this week? Because there was a lot of Marvel news. I want to I want to know if you have the same as me. There's some date changes. Is that yeah, what, that's what, is I that what you brought yep. to the table? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I Kelsey, mean, well, I, there's... I figured... I figured Nothing you're going to be much right more now. organized. Yeah, you're going to be much more organized. So I was like, I think she'll probably talk about this because this is like big news. Um, yeah. So can you take it away? Because you're much more organized than I am of keeping track of all the dates. Like I've asked you when Hawkeye's premieres. How many times? Today already? Three, like three times before we started filming. We were like working out <laughs> our next couple shows. And like three different times you asked me, when is Hawkeye coming out? Listen, mm. Bill. We can't just keep shoving Hawkeye under the rug. We have to come to terms with the fact that we will be watching an entire series about him. Okay. Well, I'd like to believe it's about Haley Steinfeld's character, and he's like the mentor, <laughs> like kind of how like in Iron Man four, like it was branded as a Spider Man movie, um, but Iron Man kind of takes the oh. I was like, um, Iron Man 4? You mean Spider Man yeah. Homecoming? Homecoming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's not really Iron Man's movie. Um, gotcha. It's more, yeah. <laughs> so, just, our date sorry, changes. Like, <laughs> our fine. date changes. Let us know what, what changed um, first and foremost. All right. So, I don't know. I don't have what they changed from because I, I ran out of notebooks. My my last dates are in my previous notebook. This is my yeah. new notebook for the I, podcast. I believe most of them at least the early ones took the place of each other if that makes sense like the first one that got pushed got pushed to the date of the next one and the next one after that got pushed. oh you think okay i think i like i think well the first one is dr strange and that one i think was moved to the original thor date so okay. that thor had to move i think it's a chain reaction like that except one movie didn't move and i will let you know which one that is but okay great you don't. yeah so i'm looking at one two three four 
five movies mm-hmm. with different dates. Yeah. So Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is now coming out on May 6th, 2022. Which I think is smart because, you know, it was originally supposed to come out in March, which was the same month as the Batman. And that's been getting a lot of good press. The trailers look awesome. And I, I just, guess. I think the competition there, it's going to be good to have. Because this could be like the next big thing, the Batman. Because whenever you revive a franchise, you know, it has potential to be like an MCU type thing. Or it has potential to flop like Fantastic Four. But there's mm. no risk. You, you shouldn't take the risk. And they're doing reshoots on Doctor Strange, which is another piece of news that I had as my backup, which is a good segue. Um, but yeah, I, I've heard they're doing some reshoots of Doctor Strange, but the source isn't 100% reliable, so I didn't mm. want to make it official news. Um, but they may be doing reshoots, so that might this be This is why. the Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good luck. It looks very good. So... <laughs> what? Do you Nothing. not like Ro- Robert Pattinson? I just, like, I have no interest in, like, the Batman movies. Okay, I've... so it's more Batman than Robert Pattinson. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I thought your scoffing was at Robert Pattinson. No, no, like, no, no. no, the, no. Guy, the guy can act. <laughs> he's fine. I yeah. just, yeah, it's fine. We won't go off on a Robert Pattinson tangent. Yeah. Well, when today. we do D- DC, delicious DC Tuesdays, uh, you're going to have to educate yourself on. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll never be a part of that podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Thor Love and Thunder is now coming out on July 8th, 2022. Mm. Taking uh, Black Panther Wakanda's Forever's date. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is now coming out on November 11th, 2022. Wow. Ooh, Thanksgiving area release. That's good. The Marvels got pushed to February 17th, 2023. Mm-hmm. And a- Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is coming out on July 28th, 2023. Wow. Okay, so yeah, there there you go. And and the one that didn't change is Guardians. Guardians, I, is yeah. Staying. Um, I believe... 2023 in may i think is when it's 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 slated i mean you would know better than i yeah like i yeah. said my my last my last notebook i i do not have oh right that's where you have all of them written that's down but, but have... show show off the new one though it's it's a nice I it is a nice one nice. we've talked about it before but for new viewers who are watching it's a, it says amazing in balloons it has mm-hmm. a little spider-man on it and then the background is just like a bunch of webs and it's very comic booky. I got it in the back to school section over the summer. They had like nice. a whole Marvel theme with their folders and Hell notebooks yeah. and everything. So yeah, I yeah. just I, I saw it and I said I need that. That's yeah. com- and she, and she, you're coming she, home with me. Yeah, she got her her co-host one too. I just haven't seen Kelsey yet to get it. Right, right, Kelsey. Yes, it, it, <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself, Dill. It's, oh, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I'm messing. I have um, it right. Uh, right here for you <laughs> Sorry. wow star lord hello at least at least crank it up or something like i know don't just... <laughs> i don't know where that came from honestly that was like really it may 5th 2023 that's when the guardians of the galaxy yeah. three is it's okay out. it's okay wait um, i knew a release date over kelsey that is a rarity everyone, all right write it down in everyone your notebook, you I don't said have a notebook. may okay you didn't even write it down in See, you don't even have a notebook. You don't even take this seriously, like <laughs> I, I, do. I have a no- I have a notebook, but I write trivia stuff in it instead of Marvel stuff because all the Marvel stuff is in here. Oh, okay. Except for release release dates. Except for except for Hawkeye's release date that you will never plant in your yeah. brain. You ready? Ready? November twentieth. Am I right? No, Close? no. What's it's the over under? Twenty second. November twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. November twenty fourth. Podcasting about it on the twentieth, right? Or no, we would probably podcast about it afterwards. That would make we more sense. We can't. 
podcast about something in the future. I okay. don't have the site. I, I, I'm not mm-hmm. a psychic yet. I don't have the time stone. Mm-hmm. Can't Except that. I've watched all of Quantumania from the future. Pretty good. So I can't oh, wait for that is one. It? For everyone else to see it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can see two years ahead. Um, take that, Kevin Feige. Um, well, anyway. I think we should take a trip to the past still first. Yeah? All right. Want to go, go to 2010? The year but... 2010. Yeah. When, see, I know uh, that one. I know things that have come out. I just don't know the future. <laughs> oh my God, you're relentless. Yeah. Um. But before we say the name of this one, let me okay. let's just tell you all three, just in case you're tuning in and want to know which three movies we're talking about, and you couldn't see the thumbnail because you're listening instead of on YouTube, which is fine. We appreciate our listenership. Uh, we love our viewership as well. Um. Those three movies we're talking about: 2010's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, 2013's Short Term 12. And 2015's Room. See, I know dates. I just don't know the future. <laughs> that's all. And not many of us do, do. And that's the whole mystery of life, isn't it? You never <laughs> know what tomorrow's going to bring. Yeah, except history class, like dates that don't matter to movies. I don't know those. But I know the ones <laughs> that about are about movies, like Casablanca, 1942. Citizen Kane, 1944. Like, I, just, I know those. but That's I, just know. a little taste of how your brain works. Though. Actually, I think Citizen Kane might be 41, and now I just seem like a fraud. Before we get into the movies, though, I did say that I was going to start giving some backstory on our actors here, because that's it what I did 41. last week. With Hill. <laughs> I'm trying to get us on track here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake, and I needed to apologize. For All right. We forgive you so much for screwing up Citizen Kane's release date, whatever it was. So... Brie Larson, let's talk about her. So she doesn't have much schooling in her background because she started out as a very young actress. She was a child actor. Um, I'm not sure how old she was with her first thing, but I, from memory, anyway, when she was six, she started taking classes and performing at the American Conservatory Theater. So that's where she got kind of her acting background. She was the youngest member at the time. And then she went on to do um, kind of a sketch uh, series for the Jay Leno show, The Tonight oh, Show. Cool. And then she went on to just do, you know, many. She, I think she had like a reoccurring role in, in, a, in some sitcom back from back in the day. And she had like nice. little parts throughout growing up. And so this was this was quite a role for her to get in Scott Pilgrim versus the world in in 2010 director Edgar Wright, who is coming out with something new. Oh yes, he is. Can't wait for last night. Soho. Yeah. I cannot wait because his, his style of filming, it's just like this movie just like blows me away. Like every time Dill, I fought so hard for us to watch this movie just because I love watching it. Yeah. Well, the reason, I was going to say, the reason we put it on the slate, the reason I didn't want it originally was because we were looking for movies where she's more of the lead. But I do think it's interesting to see her, you know, all these actors at the earliest parts in their careers. Like Chris Evans, we watched Not Another Teen Movie. Is that one of his best movies ever made? No. Mm -hmm. Um, And Scarlett Johansson in Lost in Translation, you know, and Chadwick in 42. Like, we want to see the earliest peaks of their careers. We weren't going to go super super early with, like, 13 going on 30, where she doesn't speak at all. But um, Scott Pilgrim's a good, like, introduction to her as, like, a legitimate, like, like, you remember her, seeing her. She has an impactful role. And, like, she shows some acting chops, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. 
So for those of you who haven't seen it, let me give you my quick little synopsis. And if you haven't seen it, honestly, jail time. You, what everyone are you doing? should see this. Movie. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, so Scott Pilgrim must defeat seven evil exes, video game style, in order to be with the girl of his dreams. Hell yeah. Um, also, she was in Hoot, which was yeah. was earlier, but I do not really need to watch a movie that I read the book of four times in second grade. Probably the last book I read, honestly. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> you read Hoot in second grade? I don't even know what year it was, but I remember it was always on the shelf, and I was like, eh, it's got an owl on the cover. The owls are cool. <laughs> now I don't even like owls, so. So there you go. Hoot was yeah. just a big waste of time then, forever. <laughs> so that's why we didn't watch it. But yeah, Kels, you love this movie, right? I, I love this movie. I, I just too. think it's so, so cool. It's just so unique, so different, so original. Like, the mm-hmm. this the star-studded cast, I mean, at the time, it wasn't exactly, quote-unquote, star-studded, but all of these actors, like, went on to do such amazing things. Like, obviously, it was casted by Allison Jones. The cat, she cast The Office. Um, oh, big in cool. the Yeah, big in, big in the comedy scene. She was yeah. big with, you know, picking out comedic talent, and that clearly shows because she's got... Anna Kendrick involved, Aubrey Plaza, yeah. just like so many, so many great hits. Yeah. Remember when You're I said I could see it. the future? Yeah, I was going to say when I could see the future, like she also cast you in like a few years. So, so just we'll wait. Oh. It's coming. Um, <laughs> wow. Can't but yeah, Kieran, Culkin, Kieran Culkin's amazing too because like his brother gets like the whole like yeah. know, spotlight because he's he's home alone. And no, this is the actor of the family. This is Kieran Culkin. He's here to play. And he is, I think he's probably the part i laugh at the fu- the most like yeah. i think his role just has some of the funniest bits it just it's hilarious and mm-hmm. i think like you were talking about with edgar Wright's style too like adapting a comic book because this was a graphic novel mm-hmm. nowadays i feel like a lot of things the batman movies like you mentioned earlier and even like the stuff like the mcu is somewhat based in reality mm-hmm. and it tries too hard to make it seem like it's like it is real it's in our world this mm-hmm. one it's like this is a comic book and like yes it is still rooted in reality of that reality but it's like very much in your face like this is a comic book put to life it's kind of like spider-verse in that sense where it's like this is a comic book on the screen here are the cuts here are the flashes here's the wham bam pows all that and i really really appreciate that with this Mm -hmm. movie it just has such a life and you know breath to it and and an energy to it that i just i adore Because, like, I'm so fine with, like, a movie totally taking me out of my world. Like, not Mm -hmm. everything has to be planted in realism, you know? Like, I'm, like, you're just along for the ride. You're along for the journey of this movie. And you're just, you're buying it. You're buying every second of it. Because it's just, it's so entertaining. And Yeah, exactly. Um, So, what what are your thoughts on Brie herself in the role? Because she plays more of, like, I, I guess more of a villain, but... The thing with Brie Larson is I, I find it impossible to hate her. I really enjoy her and everything she does. Like, cool. And and usually it's not like this badass energy. Usually it's more like an empathetic, like, you know, what which we'll get to in the next two movies, like a deeper character. Mm-hmm. But this one's just like so much fun to watch because she's just got such an energy and a, a sass to her that I really yeah, like. Uh, what, sure. what are your thoughts on her? Yeah, this one is definitely the most fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I Just like in general, but like her character specifically, like it's, 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 fun watching her be like a real like character character like she's mm-hmm. putting on a voice she's making like a pouty face most of the time she's on camera like everything about it is very stylized and I think that really separates like Brie from the character where like with the other two characters especially like short term 12 I feel like it's harder to 
be like, I'm not watching Brie Larson right now. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, because they're just so like grounded in in realism and like mm-hmm. that you tragedy. feel like it could be Brie just speaking to you and and speaking to your heart. Whereas here, it's like, no, this is Envy Adams. Yeah, you know? this is yeah. Envy Adams, yeah. and, and she's she cool. sings. She sings and in she it too, sings. and she's good. When I was on, when I was searching her Wikipedia to find out how she got into acting, she actually released an EP. I think in like. 2008 or something but she oh, actually this? released her in an ep and and i was oh. just like no it has nothing to do with scott pilgrim <laughs> but i was just like you know what that makes sense because she totally does sing in in scott pilgrim versus the world yeah. it's a shame we haven't seen more of her singing like captain marvel should have a song in her next movie that'd be cool mc musical oh you can see the future Dale. yeah no, it happens. An MCU it's, 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 episode. That's actually very exciting. Uh, oh actually, my god, yeah. a what if episode, but it's a it's like the musical episode. Yeah, like, like what if Spider Man Far From Home were a musical? Like like it'd be cool. You know what I mean? Marvel, I think it happens. But there already was a Spider Man musical, so I feel like we should pick a different. Right. Oh, okay. I was just trying to give attention to your boy after I dissed him earlier, but okay. Um, oh, listen. Maybe, maybe like Incredible Hulk the musical. Like in- incredible hulking tenor or something like that. Incredible hulking tenor. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Or Black Alto, like Black Widow, but Black Alto. <laughs> maybe. I don't know about that one. Maybe not. Maybe we should oh, just. God. I'm exhausted. If you didn't know, because I, I, you know, I, I, I crammed all these movies in early in the morning, thinking we were recording earlier, but it's okay. Um, and no, it's it's totally fine. Sorry, but now I've had to like I've gotten to ruminate with these movies since ruminate, hot ruminate. Ha. Um, but before we get to those movies, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim, um, it's just so much fun. Like, what are your favorite moments? Like, we should definitely talk about some of those because like this is such a quotable movie. This is such like a memorable movie. So many sequences, so many shots. Um, yeah, I have one that I love, and it's okay, when you go to swan dive out the window. <laughs> Because it's, because it's in my like, head of my closet door because that's literally the exact one I thought of immediately. Yeah, it's just the one moment that just like like surprises you, but at the same time, like it totally makes sense with the context of the movie. But just the way, it just like and, yeah, and, and the way the camera just kind of subtly jerks to the left. I, I love that moment, and I, I just think it's it's hilarious. Yeah, but that's a really, um, really sorry great sorry moment. to steal your moment though. <laughs> No, it's so fun. I just love how she's like, it's Scott home. And then he goes through the window and then Kieran Culkin, without missing a beat, goes, he just left. <laughs> yeah. The and then you can see him running behind Knives in the background and her eyes are like, uh, it's just like, oh, just every shot is like so yeah. like timed out perfectly. Like I, I watched the bloopers of this movie like a really long time oh, ago, really? like all the right. outtakes because I just wanted to mm-hmm. see. And I just loved like, there's like the moment where uh, she delivers the package to him and mm-hmm. she's like, do you want to hang out? Like, I was thinking about asking you out, but I totally thought that was weird. So do you want to hang out sometime? Like, it's just like one <laughs> continuous thing. And she's like, if you sign this package, like, yes, I'll, like, I'll hang out with you. And then he signs it, boom, throws it over his back, makes it perfectly in the trash can. And I was like, mm-hmm. and it's just such a quick moment, but like they had to keep doing that over and over and over again. I think it was like, take like, it had to be like in the twenties or thirties when they finally yeah. got it. It like perfectly wow. in the trash can. And I Damn. was like, that's just the kind of like precision, like a movie yeah. like this takes to be made. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is like, like I said, like there's so much going on spectacle wise, but a lot of the practicality of it is really good. Like it's fun to look behind the scenes. I haven't seen a ton of it, but like the stunts, especially in Chris Evans scene, you know, with the skateboard, um, mm-hmm. just like all, all those things, the action and that is very seamless. Like obviously yeah. he's not, 
he's not getting tossed around and and they're not really falling to their deaths at times but it like it's it's really good at, at towing the line between special effects and practical effects um speaking of yeah we have chris chris evans i believe is that the only holdover marvel wise yeah mcu wise i think so yeah because like marvel wise you have um mary elizabeth winstead is in uh dc and then you have mm-hmm. uh Brandon Routh is in DC. He plays Superman. But yeah, MCU, I think it's just Chris Evans. But yeah, really, really good in this too. It's a younger Chris Evans. It's pre, is it pre Captain America? Yeah, it would be a year before. So this was kind of the douchey typecast that we saw in not another team movie that we continue Mm -hmm. to see here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, another moment I love is the garlic bread scene. I feel like that's just like iconic. She's like, yeah, you'd get that. Why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat. Like that just realization. Yeah. Uh, I can just hear it in my head. Happen. Right. It's one of those movies where you just like hear a moment and it takes you to that scene. Like it's very yeah. um, photographic memory. Like, like you remember scenes and lines and it's endlessly quotable. It's endlessly rewatchable. It's mm-hmm. endlessly fun. Like I've watched this probably once a year since I saw it the first time, probably three years ago. Like, I, I just really, really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Have you ever seen any of his other movies, Edgar Wright? No. Okay. So, like, that should be your next mission because he has some good stuff out there. Because his movies all have that similar, like, energy to it. Like, the crisp editing, everything's very tight, very precise. Nothing feels chuffa, um, mm. to quote a friend of ours. Um, but, yeah. That, it, that means unnecessary. Yeah, For chuffa, those of you like, who you don't know, know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You never know who the audience is. Okay, but I, I guess yeah. I think yeah, the majority of the audience would not know what Chuffa means. That's like an inside joke. Well, that's why I wanted to just keep it inside, confuse them all, because um, anyway. I can see the future. And they, sorry, I'm they trying to be inclusive, Dill. No, I, mean, I know. Yeah, you should be inclusive. inclusive. Um, but yeah, along those lines, what was it? Yeah, so he he did Shaun of the Dead, which is like a really like famous zombie comedy horror type thing, perfect for this time of year. He did Hot Fuzz. Um, which is a really fun buddy cop movie. Mm. And then he did uh, The World's End, which is about this really crazy bar crawl that becomes supernatural alien invasion. It's really wild. And then Baby Driver, which is a really, really fun action movie um, starring some people that have not aged too well. But the things that happen to those people, the, the, the people, the things that happen to those people are satisfying in context, <laughs> knowing who they are. Yeah. Um, I will not say anymore. And then, of course, two movies this year. He made a documentary called The Sparks Brothers about the band Sparks, and he has Last Night in Soho coming out. So, like, Edgar Wright is working, and I don't think he's made a bad movie to date, and I think that's really impressive. Good for Ed- Edgar Wright. Yeah. Um, so, any last words on Scott Pilgrim or Shelby? Um, I on? gave Scott Pilgrim oh, right. Um, right. a 7 out of 10. If you were... Seven. If, oh, well, great. only because... Okay. For Brie, if you were to see okay. Brie as Captain Marvel and you were like, hey, what other movies has Brie been in? I would be like, hey, check out Scott Pilgrim versus yeah. the World. It's a, yeah. it's a smaller part than than uh, Carol Danvers, but it's right. definitely worth, worth the watch. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't say this is the go-to, like you should watch Brie in this. It's more like you should watch this movie. Oh, by the way, Brie and Chris Evans are in it. Yeah, you should check that out, sure. you know? Um I think for that reason, I'd give it like a six or seven. But in terms of the movie itself, it's like a nine out of 10 for me. Like, I just yeah, think because it, it's so good. Um, it doesn't reach that 10 out of 10 only because like the next two we're going to talk about, I, I think, hit me more emotionally. But like, this is just a blast. 
and sometimes it doesn't have to hit you emotionally and this one actually does have some moments but like it, it's mostly just for laughs and fun and and there's nothing wrong with that and i really adore that so i would give this a nine out of ten i'm just sticking to my guns i love it um so the next movie um we can't give it 12 out of 10 but we can talk about short-term 12 mm-hmm. uh bad segue but there there it is uh, kelsey tell us about 2013's short-term 12 that's very tricky i i had to practice that all day because 2012 is not the year it came out it came out in 2013 but it's short-term 12 so like, yeah. you know trippy i'm glad you practiced that all day because you know it <laughs> I uh, pra- yeah so short-term 12 was directed by destin daniel Creighton. 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 yeah sure Cretan, um, yeah, I don't know. Cre- Cretan, sorry, I'm sorry. Cretan, Destin, Destin Creed, Daniel, Creature, yeah, uh, Destin, Daniel, Creed, Breton, uh, yeah. um, directed who, by Creed Breton, who also directed, not Creed Breton, but Daniel, Dust, uh, Destin, Daniel Creton directed Shang Chi, which is really cool. And oh! I, I, texted, I texted you that. I texted you that, Kelsey. Wait, I know you did, but I forgot. Oh, okay. So yes, I'll just say it one more time. Destin Daniel Creden directed Shang Chi, which is very exciting. So, um, oh my god, that again, is we're exciting. seeing we're seeing crossover there, and I believe that might be the only crossover MCU wise with this cast, right? Wow, Probably. good for um, you. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Kels, tell us about this movie. Okay, so a young woman named Grace battles her own struggles while running a home for troubled youth. Yep. That's right. Or as uh, Rami Malek's character says, underprivileged youth, which sets off Lakeith Stanfield a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of crossover from actors that are very popular, though. And what's interesting about this movie is that these actors, like, I think in 2013, Brie Larson's still kind of an unknown. because She didn't win her Oscar yet. You know, 21 Jump Street, she wasn't the star of it. Scott Pilgrim, she's not the star of it. Mm-hmm. You know, this was like the first like lead role that really put her on the map. And then you have Rami Malek, not really a known name yet. He was in the Night, Night at the Museum movies. He was, you know, he was in Mr. Robot. But like in terms of film, he, you know, he hadn't had his Oscar yet. Lakeith mm-hmm. Stanfield, he was going by Keith Stanfield at the time uh, before he added the luck Keith um, and before he would go on to be in like Knives Out and be in Get Out and sorry to bother you and then oscar nominated for judas and the black messiah so this movie Mm -hmm. is really kind of like the minor leagues not not in the sense of the actual quality of the movie but like the minor leagues before these actors made the big leagues and big leagues and made their big um break in hollywood which is why i wanted to include it because it's so interesting to see them at their earliest yeah moments caitlin dever too very young Caitlin Dever, who then go on to be in Booksmart and Dear Van Hansen, and like her career is still growing, and maybe she'll be the next Oscar winner or nominee of this bunch. Um, maybe, hopefully, I love it. Uh, not maybe not for that movie, but like for you know a future thing she does. Uh, but, did you yeah, see what, Dear Evan Hansen? I did, and think? I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I didn't do a review on this channel because I saw it much later uh, than when it came out, so I figured you know it wouldn't get reviews. But people have been asking me, and I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I think if you have problems with the musical itself the musical handles a lot of the topics much better and okay. makes it makes them less uh there are more repreca- repercussion what, what am i looking for repercussions repercussions for his actions there's consequences for his actions in the musical more so than the film the film kind of like lets him get off easy with some of his actions but okay i think the core of the message is there i think the performances are very strong Ben Platt, I think, is very good. It's just because of his age, it does kind of make it a little weird at times. But again, look at Greece. Greece, same thing. Uh, you know, a lot of actors look much older. Uh, but I think yep. because this movie deals so much with youth, 
that the, the casting of an older actor doesn't really work as well. But I don't want to go off too much on a tangent on Dear Evan Hansen, but I did enjoy it. I, I enjoy okay. the musical a lot too. So like, you know, did you like it? Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Have you seen the musical? Yes, I saw the musical okay. with did you like Flat. That? Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah, I like the Me musical. Too. Yeah, I, I mean, think like, it's one of those things. Yeah, I feel like it's hard musical, not to walk away being like, wow. Like, yeah. Especially the performance, you know. So, yeah. And I think it does read better on stage and screen, but I did like it. So everyone asking me, you can hear it here. You don't have to slander me on the internet. Actually, you might slander me for liking it, but you know, you can't, you can't, you can't stop me. Um, I, I liked it. Um, anyway, back to Short Term Twelve, Kels. I was talking a little bit about the actors, but we haven't really talked about the actual movie itself. What did you think of it? Um, it's very, you know, it's very like art housey. It's very like mm-hmm. indie, indie, like that kind of uh, vibe. And I don't see a lot of, I don't really watch a lot of those movies unless you count mm-hmm. like a, all the movies that A24 comes out with. Yeah, um, which is the next one we'll talk about. And like eighth grade, which we've already mentioned. Stuff yeah. Like that. yeah. Um, I don't watch a lot of these. Not that I have anything against them. It's just that I don't, I feel like they don't get enough attention that they, no, they, that they deserve. And mm-hmm. they're just, they don't, they're just not as big. But uh, that being said, I, I love, I liked a lot of aspects of this movie Mm -hmm. and I gotta say, I don't want to be mean. No, it's fine. But I just didn't walk away from this movie, like being like, wow, like Brie Larson. I just thought that like there were other aspects of the cast, especially John Gallagher Jr. Who plays her Mm -hmm. boyfriend. Yeah, Um, he's great. He's like great in this. Like I walked away Mm -hmm. being like, wow, like that guy, like he's great. And, Mm -hmm. And like Rami Malek, I was like, he's hilarious in this. What the hell? Like, I feel like I've never yeah. seen him really do a comedy before, mm-hmm. but he was like really funny in this. And I was, yeah. I was into it. Well, you mentioned comedy. Cause I think that's just so interesting how like many different genres, I think come into play with this movie. Cause there are very funny bits and there's almost mm-hmm. like a dark humor about a lot of it, but mm-hmm. it does get very deep at times too. But I don't think it wallows in either side. I don't think it tries to be overly funny or overly dramatic. I just think the, the actions just happen naturally. And that's what I really appreciate about it is how grounded and human it feels. It almost feels a little too subtle at times, like you said, because it is more scaled down. But I really appreciated that about it. Like, I really liked how wholesome it felt. Like, it Mm -hmm. does feel there are many dark things that happen. And a lot of these characters are going through dark things and especially Brie Larson. And that's why I think she gets less of the showy performance because she does bottle her 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 whole character bottles stuff up a lot um, yeah. and almost projects that onto her, you know, the people she watches, you know, she tries to become this motherly figure to prevent people from growing up in the environment that she grew up in, but also still not confronting her demons at the same time. Um, but I, I, but I like that about it. I, I like how scaled back it, it, it feels, you know, I, and yeah. I like how it does feel wholesome at the end of the day. It's dark at times, but it does feel very positive. Like the end where, when this kid busts out of the um, the foster home, the first, in the beginning, it feels like a run of fear and terror, like I got to get out. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it almost feels like a run of like release and mm-hmm. catharsis almost. Like he's running, but at the same time, like he kind of turns around and kind of plays a little game. He's wearing the cape made of the American flag. Like I feel like there's yeah. almost like a, an optimism about the ending that I really like that kind of brings it full circle now that, Brie has uh, her character Grace has embraced these kind of um, 
revelations in her life that she's hasn't been able to confront yet. She's gotten on board with her relationship with uh, the John Gallagher Jr.'s character. Um, I, I just think it really does a good job of bringing things full circle in a different light than the way it starts. And kind of having that parallel structure of him telling the story both times and the story at first just being like this really, really funny story but with that tragic end where you find out this kid that he's talking about ends up killing himself and is found in, in a bush um and then at the end kind of how it, it ends more positively about a kid who came in depressed or having a tough life and then leaving better and having a yeah. good outlook on life like i love that parallelism between yeah the beginning and end. absolutely um yeah as, I, i'm talking so much but yeah I, I i really enjoyed it but um yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I just love how it feels like one of those movies where you really just, it's just like a snap. You get a snapshot of like these people's lives. Mm-hmm. You just like, you get to look inside to what these people got going on. Um, you know, like all the background information you get is like, you know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. There's not a lot of exposition. There's no like prologue and, and there's mm. really no like, I mean, it, there is a, a quote unquote happy ending because she does end up helping the girl at the end of the day and they do take the steps to get her away from her abusive father mm-hmm. um so but you know there is that you know they ended the same way they started with the kid running and it's almost like like you said bill it, it the ending feels more like a playful run you know because they're kind of like you know mm-hmm. he doesn't even keep going towards the exit anymore you know he cuts a corner and then he starts running back and now he's just kind of mm-hmm. more or less playing tag with all of the counselors so it's like you feel yeah. this like hopefulness at the end. I really yeah, like every all, like the three main kids that you've come to like know really well. The one Lakeith Stanfield's character, you don't see the ending, but you hear that he had a happy ending with that girl that he was hitting on when she yeah. came to the foster home. And then Caitlin Dever's character, you know, she ends, she, you know, she had pictures of penises on the wall, and now she has pictures of all these friends who love her and gave her cards, and she had that really nice moment. And then. Uh, this other little kid, I forget his name, you know, this ending Sammy. feels a little bit more, you know, happy. And Rami Malik's character even has a full arc because he's the one who kind of like his own decision that he like all his decisions throughout the film feel like things that like people told him to do or like he's doing it for his job. But when he gives the kid that little sheep, the little sheep doll, like yeah. that's kind of his gesture of being like, oh, I can do this on my own. Like I can. I'm I'm making a difference and I am making a difference. Not we, but I. Like I am doing this, you know, out of my heart, uh, not because I have to, but because I want to. And and yeah. it almost feels like each one of these people, like counselors or foster parents, I guess, and the kids, all feel changed in some way, which I really really enjoy. Probably yeah. the character with the least amount of change is probably John Gallagher Jr., but he's a really good anchor for mm-hmm. everything else. I think because he yeah. he's also gone through the foster system. And I think that was a nice little twist too when he talks about his foster parents. So Mm -hmm. yeah, really, really good movie. I thought. Yeah. I feel like with all of the characters that have to kind of not be in in a state of homeostasis, if you will, Mm -hmm. like he's a really good, like um, character that's already like well-adjusted enough to kind of guide the other characters around him. And, you know, it was one aspect of the film that was like just a little bit disappointing for me was I felt like Brie like does all of her best work, like at the end. You know, mm-hmm. when she's um, like really like begging the guy to like help her get the girl like away from her father. She's like, oh, my God. And the and the shark and the octopus story, just like that whole scene is just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like, yeah, like telling, 
I like what I liked about this film too is that like the exposition, like you learn about these characters throughout through other little things. You don't have mm-hmm. to like start the film by saying, "All right, this is this person, this person, this person. This is what they're dealing with. They're dealing with." Instead, you kind of figure these things out as the thing goes along. Kind of like what we saw with Shang Chi. This same director, Cretan Cretan, whatever you want to call him, um, his direction is really good at like planting the seeds and not just giving you the potted plants at the beginning. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, and Absolutely. I really, really like that about this movie. Cause also there's so many characters you're juggling here, but I feel like all the main characters, I really felt like I knew them all very, very well by the end and knew their whole stories yeah. without it being too blatantly said. Um, and I like how she has that intuition of like, something's not right with this girl. And I know, but she's not able to say because I've been in her shoes either, because she's still struggling with opening up herself. I think that's right. really, really, really interesting because it then causes that little bit of dynamic and that friction between her and the guy who's who's running the whole facility, which I think is very mm-hmm. interesting too. Um, yeah, but I agree. She has her bigger moments later on. Um, and earlier on, she's kind of just, you know, there for everyone else's stories. But at the same time, I kind of like that because at first you don't know that something's wrong with her either. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of get glimpses of it with the pregnancy and when she doesn't want to be touched uh, by her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But then it really escalates. And then you realize, I, I think watching this again will work better in that sense, because you now know that she is hiding a lot. And so you're not getting a ton of like the acting earlier on, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I I was really moved by this movie though. Like it sometimes movies just about like foster parents or like adoption, like the movie, have you ever seen instant family with Mark Wahlberg? No. Oh, like that movie, I think is the hardest I've ever cried in the theater. I just have some, I don't know why. I think it's, I mean, me and you both have worked with kids, you know, uh, with, especially with theater camps and stuff. And in theater, usually kids are a little bit more extroverted, like the more out of their shell, but you will always have times where kids are more bottled up and, 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 you know, harder to crack sometimes. And I think there's just something so powerful about being able to see a change in, in a kid and their life and feeling like you had a part to play in it. And I, I, I just really resonated and empathized with that. Like it was just really moving to see that growth. And, and I, I, cried, I cried so much during this movie. It was, Aww, it, was, it, was honestly, it was honestly quite surprising. I was like, wow. I, it, Cause I watched this at like eight thirty nine AM today. And I was like, I'm sitting here in my bed at nine o'clock with my TV. I'm crying. Like oh my God. fully, not just like tearing up, like, crying crying, (laughs) weeping yeah yeah like the the moment that got me the most was was the birthday when keith stanfield's character brings the things around and says here everyone grab grab something and and oh yeah and then when she gets the cupcake and and the card and and she's just like smiling and they're all playing the uh big booty game and i'm like yeah i was just crying so much because i felt so happy for this girl yeah (laughs) yeah i just uh, very very emotional it made me i don't know i just stories like this is are like sometimes my favorite just like slices of life but that i can also empathize with you know you have I love a soft it. spot for family i do dramas. yeah and i have a soft spot for brie larson so it kind of works perfectly in, hand in hand Jeez, what were you I saying don't... what were you saying earlier when i like cut cut you off i don't remember I don't know. what were you saying just now well, though, i feel i it's just no. a shame because like i feel like i walked away from this movie like just like i don't know I don't want to say disappointed because I feel like that's a little just, underwhelmed that's, that's and that's me. fine. Yeah. I was a little underwhelmed with her performance. I just felt like it, it's a character with like a very similar backstory that we've kind of like seen before. I feel like in mm-hmm. TV shows and movies where someone, you know, a, a young person has grown up either physically abused or like 
unfortunately, very unfortunate in her case, like sexually abused by her yeah. father, got her pregnant. Oh my God. I was like, oh, this girl. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. This and, we'll girl. Talk, and we'll talk about the next movie too, because there are some parallels in that sense. Like, yeah. And I, think, I definitely think the next one is a little bit more meatier and juicier for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that this movie was like almost like a really good like introduction to what she does in room, because I think what she yeah. does in room is so successful, goes over so much better than what was happening in this movie. And, you know, it is her first big leading role. So obviously, you know, there's it wasn't all going to be all there. She, there's always mm-hmm. going to be room to grow for her. But I just room felt like grow. it was. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you <laughs> it oh was God. just it was a little bit of like almost of a, a generic take mm-hmm. on a care on on this character yeah that's, that's just fine. how i felt walking mm-hmm. away and and like you said the cast is so strong around her too yeah that like in room it's really just those two characters mm-hmm. and we'll get there but like this one there's so many other dynamics and relationships and other characters have their own arcs even without her that are really impactful so yeah like she doesn't get to shine as much i think but um but I, I still think it's a good performance. Like she's she's such a good actress that like it's hard to find a bad performance of hers. And I know Marvel stands sometimes hate on her Captain Marvel performance, but I think she's really talented. And I think you know sometimes subtlety goes a long way, and sometimes people don't recognize subtlety like in the Captain Marvel sense, especially because it's a superhero film, so everyone expects like huzzah. But it's no, not every movie has to be like that. And, mm-hmm. and I think this and Room are very good examples of kind of Brie in a more subtle way that i think if people saw these movies before seeing captain marvel i think they'd appreciate captain marvel a little bit more too you know what i mean yeah for sure yeah so what do you give this on your scale uh, i feel kind of bad now don't don't feel bad this is the thing it's art it's subjective i like that we had differing opinions because then it made for a more interesting conversation and yeah. it, it then persuaded me to talk about why i loved it so much and i really felt cathartic i felt like this was a good therapy session of me releasing why this spoke to me so thank you <laughs> i give this movie a four out of ten wow okay um I'm, I'm six digits higher than you right now but that's okay um you give it a 10 out of 10 i i think the movie for me was a 10 out of 10 i think maybe her performance if we're looking at all three of these together yeah i'll do two separate ones so for scott pilgrim okay. her for her it was seven for the movie it was a nine for me, for here, I think for her, it's a nine and the movie's a 10. So then we'll talk about the next one because I, I'm just such a Brie Larson stan. I think this is why I was pushing for her Avengers Movie Club. Okay. Because I, I, I didn't realize her, you loved Brie this much. Dale. I consider her a top five actress for me personally. Like, I think she's in my top five all time. And I, I just, I think this huh. movie too, because this is the only one I hadn't seen of hers, like probably of her whole filmography too. Like I've seen Scott Pilgrim, 21 Jump Street, spectacular now room all of her stuff glass castle like this is the one i hadn't seen and when i finally saw this i was like yep no she's like probably one of my favorite actresses it's just just my preference but and and she's easy on the eyes but that's another story like that's right. that and honestly it's nice because these movies don't don't like um romanticize like, like yeah, her beauty her in any way. Yeah, yeah 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 the first one a little bit uh, scott pilgrim but this these two yeah not really. but which is nice, which is yeah. I also appreciate about her because she takes roles that don't do that. And I appreciate her from an actress standpoint doing that. But um, it's okay to defer though, Kels. Like that's what makes it, that's what makes the podcast interesting for people listening too. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Wouldn't it be that um, fun if we were just like, yes, yeah. and each other. <laughs> we're both handing up this, <laughs> holding up the same scores or we're both shitting on something or both praising something. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, room. Room. Let's talk about it. 
room. Oh Ooh. my god. Okay, came out. Not the room. Not the room. The room is much different than room. If anyone watched the room, you got a totally different movie. But anyway, talk about room. Room came out in 2015, directed by Lenny Abramson. Mm-hmm. Nice job. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> here's my synopsis. So, Joy and her son Jack escape their captor and figure out how to live their lives outside of room. Outside of room. Um, cool. Talk about a, uh, <laughs> talk about I, a tear fest. Bill, <laughs> I'm going to close this right now because I'm telling you right now, I didn't take any notes while I was watching this movie because you're just forced to sit and watch this movie and you are like, not even in like in a suspenseful, like horror film way. Like you were just on the edge of your seat. The yeah, entire movie. It's you're captivated the whole yeah. time. And I knew I wasn't going to take a single note because I've, I've watched this movie. I watched this movie when they first put it on Netflix, like right after her big mm-hmm. Oscar win. And I was like, okay, I got to check out this movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I was expecting going into it, but what I came of it, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is such a great film. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you when they were advertising it. Cause I remember seeing previews and I'm, I'm a big person who's like all into the Oscars. I see, Oh, this is coming out. This is supposed to be an Oscar hopeful. This, this, this movie was really not on anyone's radars because again, Brie Larson wasn't a huge star yet. She had done 21 Jump Street and Scott Pilgrim. And even then, Scott Pilgrim is considered a cult classic by now. It was not a box office hit. 21 Jump Street was the only movie that was a box office hit for her. So no one knew who mm-hmm. she was. Jacob Tremblay, obviously a new face. He's never acted before until this movie. And then mm-hmm. like some of the older actors like William H. Macy and Joan Allen are like, I'd say like B plus tier acting. They're not A-listers. Maybe William H. Macy at a time was an A-lister, but like mm. not anymore. And they're also not the leads. So when they were marketing this movie a few times you would go to see an indie movie and they put this trailer in front of it. And the interesting thing about the marketing is it was all marketed as the room. Like everything was in the room. So you, when people saw this for the first time, they didn't realize that the room was only half the movie mm-hmm. and that halfway through there's this escape and the whole next half, which I think is maybe even the more interesting half is seeing how they adapt to that outside world because everyone just thought it was about these people trying to escape the room. And mm-hmm. then it would end with this triumphant escape. But I love how this movie kind of makes that the climax and then continues the story. Because I think it's so interesting to see that. Because if this was like a big blockbuster, like if you had like a Spielberg, I'm not saying Spielberg would do this, but like a more renowned director, actor, or whatever maybe you make it more of an action thriller where they're trying to escape this room and that's how you end the movie and it's not as effective. But I think because you go that extra mile to understand the trauma and the PTSD of what came with that, and in Jack's sense, the opposite of being uncomfortable with this new whatever's going on in your life, Mm -hmm. I think that's so interesting because you have two completely different characters who have shared this really, really crazy, complicated experience together but they both have such different perceptions of what it's like outside of this room. Uh, it was really, really amazing. I remember watching and just being like, wow, so that's what this movie's about. Because I didn't yeah. know, you know? Yeah. It's funny because the escape happens exactly halfway through. Yeah. It, 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 it's just such, like, I don't think that there's any, like, kidnapper, like, any, there's, I don't think there's ever been this kind of take on this kind of story and this mm-hmm. kind of character. Like, I feel like... Right. You you're in you're either spend the whole movie with this girl 
and then like halfway through she gets kidnapped and then like you know she's like saved at the end like whatever Mm -hmm. it is or like you're with someone from like the moment they're saved and then like you're just watching them adapt and i just feel like it's never Mm -hmm. been and especially through the eyes of the son that she had because was never seen yeah who has just never seen the outside world he has no idea that there is like an entire world and you just watch this yeah. like five-year-old try to comprehend that mm-hmm. there's like outside of room is not outer space. Like it's the world and, and it's not just TV people, like it's real people. Yeah. And, and it's like all this stuff. And it's just like, really like at, by the end of the movie, when she's like give, giving that big, almost like Katie Couric kind of like interview yeah. with like the big TV mm-hmm. uh, personality, and she's like asking her, like, did you really think that like having Jack and like not allowing him to like, uh, you know, be keeping keeping Jack with you that whole time was that really the best thing like for him? And really, like, I I can't think of a better way she could have parented that kid. She kept right. his whole life like so relatively normal, like mm-hmm. in you know, for in the grand scheme of things, that I was like, she's doing this fairly well she's mm-hmm. she's like mastering motherhood and survival yeah. at the and, same time and i was like this is mm-hmm. just insane yeah and, and kind of what you were saying like the more conventional approach they might have focused the whole movie on the person who was trying to find the girl but i mm-hmm. like how it's focused right. on the victim and not about like the person trying to hunt them down and i like how when it's when it happens the the rapist or per, the horrible villain person creep gets taken away but it's really not about like the killing him or hunting him down yeah like like, the revenge plot it's more just like all right get rid of this fucker let's Mm -hmm. focus on these two because i love how it's these two stories it's a movie about their relationship it's not about the capture it's not about the imprisonment it's not about breaking free and experiencing the real world it's about growing as this mother-son parent i really really like that Mm -hmm. um just such a great level of empathy kind of like what i was talking about with short-term 12 like brie just has such a humanity about this role Mm -hmm it just feels so rooted and grounded and fresh, but also like nothing you've seen before because it is such a different circumstance and she just kills it. Yeah. Kills it. I watched a, um, like one of the Hollywood reporter, like round tables. I don't know if you've mm. ever watched those yeah. on oh, YouTube. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. so, so cool to mm-hmm. like, was it like all the best actress nominees or something? Yeah. Like yeah. It was, it was so like, who all was the- there? Oh, I, I don't remember, but it was from see, like 2015. It was, it was the 2015 year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Meryl Streep was there. Like, yeah, she's, I feel like she's nominated every year, deservingly so. Right. Um, but I just remember hearing Brie just like, I wish I could remember more of how she talked about it, how she got in prepared for this role and, and what she did to get into it. But um, I was remember it like her Kate Winslet and like, yeah, 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 yeah. Lawrence. yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny because Jennifer Lawrence was nominated for a movie called Joy, where she played a mother named Joy, but it is a completely different Joy than this Joy, which is interesting. And I'm glad this Joy won the Oscars. Um, not just take away from J Law, but like she already had her Oscar. Like I'm yeah. glad, and we'll get into the Oscar talk in a sec. But continue along your point. Um, I just remember her saying about this role, like she was like, "Yeah, I I like didn't shower for like weeks before this, and like I I didn't wash my face. Like I just let myself like get." really gross and, and and dirty to play this role. And then she said, she goes on to say that like, which for her, the, the ugliest that her, she feels like her character looks that joy looks is when 
the TV people kind of have her all done up for the interview. And she has this like thick layer of makeup on that she has mm-hmm. like thick like lines of eyeliner. And she's just, you know, like all done up for this interview that is clearly taking way too soon. Like, I feel like they needed to give her at least right. like a year before yeah. you could talk about this on national television but mm-hmm. but that's it, life and that's what sucks about life too is like how much the press just wants to intervene with everything sometimes you know yeah and and like the moment they're coming home from the hospital and it's they have like all these onlookers like around their house and they're you know they're saying like nice things like they're there because they're so happy that you know joy is finally home but it's like she's like i don't want to walk out and all this like we have to we have to go out in this like what mm-hmm. i don't want all these people staring at me like looking at me like this is like, from this seeing is not what one, I want at all. From seeing two other human beings to then seeing all those human beings, it's it's mm-hmm. quite overwhelming. And, you know, it, sometimes you have to forget, you have to remind yourself that Jack has not seen all this. He he sees a dog for the first time, and you don't process it at first until you realize, oh, wait, he's never seen another animal. Because there's just no animals in room. They're all toys or cartoons. Like, yeah. he's never seen an animal breathing in front of him. And he's five. And, like, when we're young, we see animals. We're, like, a ba- if we're babies. Like, it doesn't really process. We're just used to it always being a part of our lives. But imagine mm-hmm. a five-year-old for the first time seeing a, a dog when you, like, have the consciousness to process that this is an animal in front of you. Like, it's really, really interesting. It's like when you go to the zoo and you see, like, big animals for the first time. You're like, yeah. I've never seen pictures of these. Yeah. It's like that. But, like it's at your doorstep it's crazy yeah yeah it's and like like i was saying before it's just like it just keeps you on your toes your whole movie because the mm-hmm. first half you're like i you can't like wrap your head around the fact that like this is the way they live and like how how hard she's tried to normalize this mm-hmm. setup for her son and like this is this is the motions that they go through every day they they wake up they brush their teeth they eat breakfast together then they do like workouts together she makes him run back and forth so that he doesn't you know that he has his physical uh yeah. you know health up up to standards and she yeah. he, she gives him a vitamin every day they take a bath together like these are just the motions they have to go through and you're like oh my gosh i cannot believe that this is the way she's been living for the past seven mm. years to then the big escape the big breakthrough scene where Jack is in the back of the truck and you're like, Oh my God, Jack's like, so what's going to happen to Jack? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be able to find ma? He's so disoriented mm-hmm. the way that whole thing is shot. Like he sees the dog for the first time. Yeah. He sees the other man. He's trying to say like, help me. Oh my God. It's just I like also, talking about it gives me anxiety. Yeah. The, yeah it's really interesting. Cause it, it is almost like its own little mini thriller in just that moment. But then yeah. the next moment, it's like this drama. And then it also has bits of comedy even at times. And it's like just this range of different things. Like I said, mm-hmm. with Short Term 12, like all the, the, both these movies just feel like so humane and real that like all these different layers on one on top of the other on top of the other it just feels natural. Like it feels natural that the press would try to intervene. Um, it would feel natural for her to not want to go back for the route to the room, but then him wanting to go back to the room because he doesn't feel the closure because that is his home. That is mm-hmm. his safe space. That is his comfort. Mm-hmm. He isn't able to process exactly what's going on. Um, and I think that last scene is heartbreaking, you know, seeing him say goodbye to room. But the first thing he asks is, did it shrink? And the thing is, it didn't shrink. It's just that the world outside was just so much bigger. He didn't know it. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, yep. It's heartbreaking. And, and it really then the is. way he says, "Say goodbye to room, ma," and she doesn't verbalize it. She just she just mouths like, and yeah. you're like, "Yep, that's all it needed. That's mm-hmm. all and, it needed." And you can tell that there's just a really good 
simpatico relationship with her and the director and just like how she has these subtle little bits and moments but that the camera is always able to capture and i think that's beautiful it's like on stage sometimes like actors can make their own choices but sometimes they go unseen like you always say Mm -hmm. like there's always someone watching you on stage even if you're in the back row there's someone watching you but here the camera is able to hone in on those small choices that you might not see in like a stage production or something like that that are just so impactful like that moment and like so many other moments i mean yeah i mean this movie just crushes me also like i cried watching this too i'd seen this before so it wasn't like a fresh like oh my god cry like shirt room 12 but this was like still a good cry you know what i mean (laughs) when he says i love you grandma for the first time too too I mean, this woman has lost her husband, you know, her husband and her separated because of this, because they probably each blamed kind of because they probably didn't blame each other. But there was probably that underlying, you know, like what would have happened if you had been there, if you had been there, like there's always that resentment for one another, kind of like sometimes you see a lot of divorces end because their kids are special needs or troubled kids or something Mm -hmm. happens to the kids. Like a lot of the kids have an effect on the parent parental relationships so when you see this, it's like you have to remember also what this woman has gone through that we don't know very well. And I like how we don't meet her till halfway through because this kid doesn't meet her till halfway through. Mm-hmm. You know, there aren't flashbacks. There aren't flashbacks to before the room happened. Like if it was a Hollywood production, a big blockbuster production, maybe they would throw all these like stupid little flashbacks of how she got abducted in there. But they don't do that. And I really like how you experience it with the kid. Yeah, 100%. Really like. Yeah. Um, and we got to talk about the Oscar too. She was an unknown, like I said, and she comes in there against like Jennifer Lawrence, who had just won her Oscar a few years back against maybe Meryl Streep. I'll look up the category of who else was nominated alongside her, but it's really awesome to see her come in and just the Academy just be like, yep, that's the best performance. Cause often the Academy goes for, Oh, well they're overdue. They haven't won in a while or, Oh, we really like them for this other movie, but they didn't get nominated. So we'll warm for this one. Or they didn't win the last time they got snubs. So let's give it to them. No, this is just like, this movie is the best. This is the best performance in what I believe to be the best movie of that year. Like this is the one that deserves it. And I like how the Oscars awarded that. I have the nominees. If you, uh... Oh yes. Thank you for finding them. What were the, so I was wrong. Uh, Meryl wasn't nominated this year. It was uh, Brie Larson, uh, Kate Blanchett for Carol, Jennifer Lawrence for joy. um, Charlotte Rampling for 45 years Mm -hmm. and Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn. Yeah, I'd say Searsha is the only other one that probably would have contended with her. But like even then, uh, Kate Blanchett's very good in Carol. But again, she had just won in 2013. So this is two years mm-hmm. later. Um, the only other one that I would say is like overdue for an Oscar is still Searsha. She still hasn't won one, but she will. Uh, I think she will. I think she'll have just she as will. many nominations as Meryl Streep by the end of her career. I'm her, convinced. I mean, her time's coming. Yeah, her time will come. Um, it will come. Uh, but yeah, like this was the best performance of that year, hands down. Um, yeah. Of any movie too, like not not just actress, but actor, actress. I don't even I don't even remember all the movies that were out that year, but like it's it's this. Like this is maybe like because of the Star Wars Seven Force Awakens came out that year. Like that was probably my the most fun I had in a the theater. But like this is the best movie that came out in 2015. I think. Um, I just think it's beautiful. I, I mean, I don't want to show my hand too much, but I, I'll start with my scale. I've given Brie a ten. I'm giving this movie a ten. This is like a an all-timer for me. I love this movie. What about you? So I gave this movie a 9 out of 10. Okay. Only because this was another situation where I walked away and I was like, obviously, like, Brie did a stunning job. But, mm-hmm. oh, my God, Jacob Tremblay. He steals like, the show. He, like, like, 
I, I'm like, I'm thinking about like, I don't remember being five that well, but like, at like, I don't even know how old like he was when when he did, but he probably not much older, right? Because he's five in the movie, but I don't know how old. Yeah, right? but hold on, let me I'll look it up. I'll look. Let's do math real quick. You talk while I look it up. I just like you walk away and you're like, oh my god, that little kid, because it's like. He breaks your heart the whole time because he was nine when he when it came out, so he was probably only seven or eight when it filmed. Okay, so still don't remember being those ages, but knowing damn well I would not be able to have done what he did because, like, most of the time when little kids are little kids on on screen, all they have to do is like be a little kid. But like, he had to like really go through some tough moments with Brie, like the whole rug scene where she's like trying to explain to him like. This is what you're going to do. You're going to feel like this. And when you know you're in the truck, you're going to wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. You're going to get out. And, and by the time he's like done, he's he just screams like he's like, I hate you. I, I like I can't do this. I can't believe you're making me do this. I like this is it's so scary and terrifying. But you're like, Jack, you really are the only hope in this situation, man. Yeah, Because and if he like, doesn't if he doesn't get out and even if she I think this kind of goes back to why I, I don't want to say she didn't give her kid up for adoption because of this. I don't know if she even had that option, but like, I think the reason she keeps him also is because he might be the only chance to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And and it's a sad truth, but it is. It's the truth that he's the only way she yeah. can get out of it because she can't do it herself. I mean, obviously. I mean, I'm surprised that he like the the captor who they call Old Nick. I'm I'm surprised he even let her like keep the baby because I feel I mean like he's not taking her to a clinic to get an abortion, and then right, after it would- it's after it's born, like he could have easily just taken away. But I feel like almost even like selfishly, she wanted to just like have a baby just to mm-hmm. like not be by herself all the time. Right, she like I would, I'd yeah. have a baby just to have something to do. What are you doing all day in a room? <laughs> oh, in a room. I'm glad you added that last part. I was like, you have a job, you know? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not having friends. any babies. <laughs> I don't think ever. So, in that but I'm saying in, yeah. in the context of being joy, Right. I would for sure have a have that mm-hmm. baby just yeah. so I, I can I, be like great. <laughs> I love the choice to name her Joy too. I just think that's like smart because like her joy has been taken away. Yeah. Just like everyone else's joy has been taken away quite literally, but then she finds her joy through her son and in herself by the end. Um another uh, got to get emotional talking about it, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> 10 it's, 10 for me. It's but, a roller coaster. Um, yeah. So like the movie itself, you would probably give like a ten, only, yeah, but only sure. a nine for Brie because Jacob. But a nine is just for Brie so just because, yeah, he, yeah, he, he really steals the show for me. Yeah, I hope he, I hope he has a good career when he's older uh, because some child actors flop. I mean, Macaulay Culkin, what is he doing now? Nothing. Uh, but Kieran's doing well. I think uh, Jacob, he's still like doing work though. Like I right, feel like Macaulay yeah. was kind of like a one-hit wonder with Maybe, like yeah. Home, Alone, Home Alone. I feel, yeah. mm-hmm. but. But, He's still doing work, I think. Yeah. I mean, Macaulay Culkin married London Tipton, Brenda Song, so there's something. <laughs> something about him. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, um, we gotta ask Brenda. <laughs> ask Brenda how it was and how she had fun on the, how much fun she had on the New Girl set, too. She's a great oh, movie. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. But yeah, such a good movie. I mean, these movies, just Brie as an actress, like I just I, I adore her. But like, what are your final thoughts on like Brie as an actress now, having seen a few more of these? Because were was Short Term Twelve the only first watch for you for these? Mm-hmm. All right, me too. But like, having watched these again, like what what do you think about just Brie as an actress? Like, 
Do you think she deserves the hate for Captain Marvel? Because I no, don't. absolutely not. No. Well, I never did. Even like before we did this, I never right. thought she deserved any kind of hate. I just mm-hmm. th- I just liked how these all these roles explored like if I feel like a different asset of her, and I yeah. just think that she is so much more to give, and she's mm-hmm. still relatively new in like the yeah. Hollywood scene. So we right. we I feel like we still haven't even seen the best from her yet, and yeah. she already has an Oscar, so. Yeah, I think that's just amazing. Yeah, she has an Oscar and we still haven't seen the peak of her career yet, which is and exciting. Also, I just love how she just like has a YouTube channel now. I mean, I don't know yeah. if she still posts, but like certainly during quarantine, she was just like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber now. I play video games. I'm like, she, her like it. Oscar is like in, ow, I hit my closet door again. Her Oscar's just like in like on a bookshelf somewhere in the background. And she's like, guys, like playing Fortnite for the first time. I'm like, you're so cool. Like you must be so cool. Right. Because I think she doesn't want to get stuck in that mold of like, you know, I'm a Hollywood star. I mean, look at Chris Pratt. Like a lot of people were so excited to see him get like a blockbuster role in like Guardians and Jurassic World. But then sure. some people are like, oh, why can't we have the Parks and Rec Chris Chris Pratt back? Because it yeah, changes your I life. Think we also discovered a lot of that. Chris Pratt right. Okay. Maybe not the best example to use, but like even Kumail, <laughs> like who knows now that he's going to be in Eternals. Is he going to go back to that kind of dorky, big, sick comedy again? We don't know. You know, some actors yeah. are able to go back to the indie stuff after they work. You know, Chadwick Boseman was someone who could do a bunch. Chris Evans has proven. But, like, what was Robert Downey Jr.'s follow-up to uh, Iron Man? Oh, it was Doolittle. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, some actors after the MCU, like, their work doesn't always reflect, you know, their star power that they had when they were in the MCU. So, I just hope sure. I hope Brie continues making just a name for herself elsewhere. And then also being able to be in Captain Marvel. Like, it was cool to also see, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> let me just put it right there, uh, the same director for Short Term 12 using her in the post credit scene for Shang-Chi too, which was really cool. So, like, it, it's just cool to see her oh, still have an active yeah, yeah, yeah. role in the MCU while also being able to do other work. And I hope I hope we get another 21 Jump Street movie so she can be in it. Like, you know, like, I just hope she has more chances to do more things because she's amazing. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So, um, which of these three was your favorite then, if you had to pick? I mean, it's definitely Room, Yeah. Scott Pilgrim, Short Term 12 for me. Yeah. I can't rank them. Uh, eh, I probably could. I no. think you can. I, I, if I had to guess terms... your ranking, I would say Short Term 12, Room, Scott Pilgrim. No, I'm definitely Room above sh- all, all three. Oh, um, okay. I think Room, Short Term 12, Scott Pilgrim, only because... Scott Pilgrim something I'm going to watch if, like, I want to just, like, have a good time. But, like, if I want to, like, sit down and watch cinema, you know, like, <laughs> I'm going to watch Room or even Short Term 12, which I think is, like, just, like, a night. Like, it depends on the day. If I'm if it's a Sunday morning, I'm going to watch Short Term 12. If it's, like, middle of the day, I need to just, like, have an emotional moment in the middle of my day, Room. And then to end the night, I'm doing Scott Pilgrim. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. like, my, my ideal triple feature Breakfast, schedule. lunch, and dinner. Yeah, maybe Scott Pilgrim and I'll, I'll even do a double feature of 21 Jump Street. Just get more Brie. More Brie all the time. Brie's also a good cheese, y'all. It's good. Brie's a very good cheese. Very good cheese. How do you prepare it? Do you eat it warm, cold? What do you do? Uh, oven. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. brown sugar. Yeah. Oh. Honey. Oh. Dipping crostinis okay. in it. Ooh. Okay. I was going to say, I do more of, instead of the dip, I do more of the spread. I take a knife, I spread it on like a mm. crostini, but then I'll do like maybe like a fig jam. Yeah, fig jam. Yeah. Fig jam. Oh. Damn, I need to go. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming, and it's one of my favorite. I, I can't pick a favorite holiday. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas all have my heart. It's like three children, but like, I cannot wait for Thanksgiving just to like sit and like 
eat. Because yeah. my family's Italian. We do the charcuterie. Like, brie cheese will be there. And brie cheese will be ready for me to devour. So, I'm excited. Thanksgiving's coming, Kelsey. You excited? Well, before we get to Thanksgiving, why don't oh, we right. tell people what we got going on next week? Good segue. Thank <laughs> I was you. literally about to roll to say, all right, thanks, guys. See you next week and play the theme song. I forgot. We totally didn't. We didn't tease. We didn't talk about our um, social media. So, so why don't you tease the future episode that we're going to be doing next week? Because uh, next few weeks we have like Eternals coming out, but we also have some scheduling things that like we're going to just like front load a bunch of stuff for you and like give you episodes when they come. And, and we yeah. have a lot of fun stuff planned. But what do we have planned next week, Kelsey? So next week, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, a little interesting. So we're going to be going through iconic decades throughout Hollywood and recasting the the Avengers based off yeah. of what actors were big during that yeah. time. Yeah, and we'll, we could do like the core ones. Like we don't have to go into like the Guardians or anything. Yeah. Like we'll keep it the core we'll- six plus maybe Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man. You want to do that? Sure, yeah, that cool. sounds great. And then maybe Nick Fury. So we'll do like ten. We'll do. We'll have a whole like a ten person crew. We'll do like sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, even thousands, like pre two thousand eight, just to see like what would Marvel look like in different decades with different actors. And I think we could have a lot of fun with it too. And maybe even we can do it for like twenty thirty, like when like kids like Jacob Tremblay are old enough to be Spider Man, or even older, old enough to be Nick Fury. Even I don't even sure. know. Um, Jacob Tremblay don't play Nick Fury though <laughs> I don't want that um, but you know what I mean um, that'd be oh, pretty yeah. fun yeah so we'll, we'll just have fun we're gonna just uh, hang out and, and talk about different actors and uh, fun stuff we want we want to have some fun now now that we've done like some movie clubs and done obviously reviews for the shows and movies that are coming out we want to just have some fun and just do something new and original and we have other fun new and original things on the horizon including the introduction of the Marvel or the MCU. Well, we'll just say Marvel for now because it might expand. Marvel Trivia League in 2022. It's coming. Kelsey's competing for the first ever inaugural match for the belt against two competitors that I will not name right now because I need to figure them out. But um, that's that's coming. It's going to be fun. So I got to start studying. Yeah, where can they find you on the internet, Kelsey? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You can follow me on TikTok, cause 13 or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cause Productions. Any cool TikToks out there? Either yours or just ones you've seen that are like really, really good? Um, I I follow some uh, MCU Marvel TikTokers. Nice. One of them I think is called Straw Hat Goofy. Yeah, Straw is. Hat. Yeah, and then yeah. I follow another one. Her, his name is like Charlie Boy. And then, yeah, that's all I cool. remember off the top. Yeah, yeah. But those are cool MCU yeah. TikTok pages. If you want. See, my favorite trend is now the guy who like pours cheese on on vegetables and foods and then does this dance. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, okay. I will send one to you, but warning: it may now end up on your for you page forever and ever. Uh, after oh, yeah, that. that's but, fine. I mean, I yeah, know it's fun. It's this guy. I won't even try to do the dance here because I want people to go discover it. Look up if you just look up Google. The people listening, if you Google man cheese on broccoli dance tiktok you'll find it um it is so funny i'll send it to you though personally because it is so okay. funny because um, it's this dance trend and he's totally off the beat but he is on the beat at the same time it's really weird uh anyway, interesting find me you can find me you don't have to find I was me. like find me. i dare you um, try you can, <laughs> you can find me at dylan underscore Randazzo on twitter 
at Dylan Randazzo 417 on TikTok and the Dill Pickle Movie Network here on YouTube. And if you're listening on audio, thank you so much. Um, give us a rating, hopefully five stars if you love this podcast, if you loved other episodes of this podcast. Um, if you love Brie Larson, give us five stars. And then uh, check us out here on YouTube if you want to see our faces on video. Trust me, uh, the, the face on the left is not as... Um, as appetizing as the voice sounds but uh he's there and he's podcasting so you might as well go look at it on youtube um and then there's kelsey too um so anything else we need to talk about no no cool well thank you guys so much for watching as i said subscribe like share your friends go watch these movies they're really 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 good this was our best i think movie club in general right yeah sure maybe yeah no yeah. i think so like like the other ones there's always been like a dud like the first one like you didn't love lost in translation the second oh, okay one, like not another team movie was like eh. and then no, like yeah, the last is, one like this, this one like good. i feel like all three movies were like pretty freaking good yeah. i also like all of chadwick's i felt yeah to 21 some, bridges was like okay to some level you know yeah. it's, it's no, a mindless yeah, action this is my trailer. favorite so far i liked it anyway i've of rambled too much <laughs> i need to cut myself off all right guys bye see you next time